Liz Dodd from the tablet. Uh, Rob Flello was deselected from the Liberal Democrats over his views on same-sex marriage and abortion. And the Lib Dems said it was because his views, which you might say are Catholic views, his values diverge from the values of the Liberal Democrats. Do you think that Catholic values diverge from values of the Lib Dems? And uh, what would you say to Catholics who now feel like they, they couldn't vote for that party because of what's happened? Thank you very much. Um, you, you'll know that it's our tradition that we don't engage in, in particular party politics. Uh, there's been a long-standing tradition. We want to speak to the, to the issues of policy, not the particularities of parties or people in with them. However, we do believe that freedom of conscience and the right to express one's conscience is a key value uh, for everyone in society, and that should be a value for politicians too. So we, we would promote the importance of everyone having, a, having a, a, a right to express their conscience in a way that they see best in terms of their, their political outlook, in terms of their religious outlook, in terms of their outlook on society as a whole. Steve Doughty, Daily Mail. Archbishop Wilson, do you have anything direct to say about anti-Semitism? Thank you for that. I think it's very important for us as a community, as we say in our statement, to reject xenophobia and racism. Um, we have a very long tradition, uh, not least since the Second Vatican Council, of speaking out against any form of uh, oppression or racism to any group. Um, one of the key documents of the Second Vatican Council, Nostra Aetate, spoke about the importance of our relationship with people of, of other faiths, other religions. And if I can just read you a, a couple of lines from that. Uh, furthermore, in her rejection, this is the church, in her rejection of every persecution, the church, mindful of the patrimony she shares with the Jews, and moved not by political reasons, but by the gospel's spiritual love, decries hatred, persecutions, displays of anti-Semitism directed against Jews at any time and by anyone. This is something that we've taken up as well in our document that we've produced as a bishop's conference called Meeting God in Friend and Stranger. So this tradition is a live tradition for us and this concern to speak out against any form of xenophobia or racism is absolutely crucial to us. And that would include anti-Semitism. Catherine Pepinster, following on from that Archbishop, do you support the comments made by the Chief Rabbi this week in his article in The Times? Well, again, um, we, we wouldn't look at a particular party political comment, but we certainly are concerned <coughs> that the Chief Rabbi expressed his concerns that members of his community are frightened and scared in our, in our country today, in our countries today. That for us is a real concern. So again, it comes back to this point that, that any faith community, especially a faith minority community, as Catholics, we're a minority community here. We want to speak out so that everyone should feel safe in our society. Uh, Liz Dodd from The Tablet. You said that you spoke about safeguarding. Did you discuss uh, ICSA at all? And could you give us sort of an overview of what the bishop's different views on the ICSA process were at this point? But we, um, we did discuss ICSA, uh, but it was discussed uh, in the context of where we are, uh, which is we have now received four reports which have highlighted the participation of the church uh, in its engagement with, um, um, with uh, clerical abuse. Um, um, the first report was on child migration. We participated both in the Canadian and in the Australian child migration schemes uh, and that report has been published and then we've had the two reports on the English Benedictine congregation for Ampleforth and Downside and Ealing and the report on the Archdiocese of Birmingham. Um, we are now in a position of waiting for the final report which will come out hopefully uh, towards the end of next year. Um, we continue to work alongside 
uh, uh, the inquiry. Uh, we've since the public hearings that were held at the beginning of this month, we've continued to uh, uh, to support the work of the inquiry by uh, uh, submitting other materials to them that they've asked for. Um, it would be inappropriate for us to make any comment uh, on on the uh, uh, the hearings that were conducted earlier on in the month. Uh, but the commitment of the church and of the bishops to ensuring uh, that we wholeheartedly cooperate with the inquiry uh, was, was, was reflected in our discussions there. Do you have any update on the review of safeguarding policies that's been in development? The, um, the NCSC were asked by the bishops at the end of the ad limina visit last year to um, conduct a wholehearted root and branch review of safeguarding, not just policies, but the whole of the operation of safeguarding in this country. Um, and we've now commissioned Mr. Ian Elliott, uh, who is an international safeguarding consultant, uh, to lead that review for us. Uh, he has already begun his work. Uh, the terms of reference of the review are already published on the NCSC website. Uh, and the, uh, it is our hope that, the, uh, that we would have an interim report uh, by April 2020 and then the final report by October 2020, which should then help us um, to already be on a track uh, of, uh, of, of um, implementation of those recommendations uh, by the time the ICSA report comes out as well. And, and we hope that there'll be congruence with the two. Steve Doughty again. I ask this with respect to your, uh, with respect for your position that you're not going to get involved in party politics. But when you drew up this election message, uh, did you recognise that two major political parties are committed to liberal reforms of abortion law, to liberal reforms of divorce law, and to abolition of tax advantages for married couples? We're conscious that there are many different policies and views expressed by different parties. Uh, the principles that motivate us come from the teaching of the gospel, uh, from Catholic social teaching and from the church's teaching more generally. It's on the basis of those principles that we will look at anything proposed by anyone and try and give a, a uh, not just a critique but an assessment in the light of, of our own faith and our own tradition. So um, as any policy comes forward we will respond appropriately in the way that reflects the tradition in which we stand without being party political or focusing on any particular person. Uh, we recognise, however, that the challenges to the dignity of life across our country and across a, a lot of perspectives uh, are great. And we have a particular perspective on that. Catherine Pepinster again. Um, switching to a rather different subject, you mentioned the survey that you're going to be making of, of the cathedrals. Um, and you're looking for funding. There, there was a fund for cathedrals um, that George Osborne, when Chancellor, made available. Did, did the Catholic cathedrals get any of that money? And also, what state are they in? How aware are you of problems? Canon Chris is much more up to date on this, so if, if you don't mind me referring to sure. him to ask the question. Um, yes, well, the, the World War I fund, uh, the um, Catholic cathedrals in this country um, actually did, did very well out of that particularly the cathedral in Plymouth and the uh, cathedral in Clifton. There has been a change uh, in, in the way the cathedrals are funded. And so uh, no longer is there a, a, a grants for uh, places of worship. Um, and therefore we have, are now placed in a, in a broader pool uh, of funding and therefore the competition is much greater. Um, we feel that um, um, to have uh, surveys done of all of our cathedrals, up-to-date surveys, will put us in a very good position to be able to liaise with government 
uh, and and to and to bid for 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 finance and support from uh, from uh, uh, government for our, the uh, upkeep of our cathedrals. Um, most of our cathedrals uh, are, are either are Victorian; um, they don't go back to the Middle Ages. Uh, but uh, these Victorian buildings require constant maintenance. Um, uh, about um, uh, 20 years ago, if I remember, maybe a little less, uh, there was a, a publication published by the Patrimony Committee uh, called A Glimpse of Heaven, uh, and our cathedrals were featured in that. Um, uh, we've always had uh, the policy, certainly through the Patrimony Committee, uh, of each cathedral having uh, a, a very specific um, uh, um, uh, heritage architect appointed to look at the fabric of the cathedral because obviously there are particularities uh, that are required uh, because of the uh, nature, especially if uh, many of our cathedrals were designed and built by Pugin and therefore the Victorian society has a particular interest in, in Pugin. So uh, what we're trying to do is to make sure that, that there is a sort of clear playing le level playing field for us by carrying out each of these uh, these surveys, it's not that it's not the work hasn't been done. Uh, the work has been done, and it, it's been continued on a rolling program. But we just want to benchmark now of where we are across the country. And are you aware of any that are particularly at risk? No, uh, th there's none at risk. Um, in fact, the cathedrals that uh, that did bid uh, uh, into the World War One fund, um, um, this was they would have had to have had uh, produced a, a significant fabric report at that point. So this is a continuation of that work that's already begun.